Hi everyone, we're Lena Mercedes and we are the Onion Peelers. We are also the proud owners of The Breathing Space, a growing Ashtanga Vinyasa community in the heart of the Barshes in Amsterdam. To check out our course and class offerings, you can go to our website, www.thebreathingspace.nl. Mercedes, how is your coffee? Wow! <laughs> that is strong. How is yours? <laughs> Mine's good. Yeah? Well, I haven't gotten to the bottom of it yet, but... Wow! Yeah? Ça c'est très fort! <laughs> well, hello everyone. It's lovely, I would say, to see you again, but no, I hope it's lovely for you to <laughs> listen to us again. Um, okay, so what do we have ready for today? Well, last time we talked, we began a little foray into the breath, which we will be continuing on in coming uh, episodes. We will continue on that theme, right? Is that's the idea? I mean, there's so many different aspects to, yeah, talk about and unfold. So we'll definitely be entertained by it for a few episodes. Yeah. And of course, as always, you guys, if there's anything specific with regards to the breath that you'd like us to uh, discuss or, yeah, make part of our episodes, do let us know. Yes. But today... Today, Mercedes, are you ready to talk about... No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> the bandas. The bandas. The bandas. What is your favorite banda? Oh, my favorite banda is Argentinian rock bandas. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh my God, yeah, the bandas. What a theme. What a theme. Yeah, I think... Uh, the bandas go very much hand in hand with the breath, um, especially if we're talking about the energetic body. Um, but uh, well, I think before you begin, are you ready? Are you ready to peel this onion, Mercedes? You know, I'm a little bit scared, but yeah. I I am ready. I am ready to peel this. Invisible onion. Yeah, it is seriously an invisible onion. Invisible onion. Yeah, cool. So maybe we can start by just kind of opening about what the bandas are. Yes. Um, so in the Spanish language, <laughs> bandas are like rock bands no yeah. um okay so yeah the bandas the energy locks which are very much talked about in i have to say well in all systems because of course well i don't know if in all but i remember in a younger yoga classes it was every so often it would be spoken about but yeah. i think in the in the ashtanga vinyasa system is one of the it's kind of one of the pillars of concentration, right? It's one of yeah. the points of focus. Yes. It, yeah, it's part of the Tristana, the 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 three the, like the triptych, the yeah. foundational practice practices. Yeah. So these bandhas, um like you say, they work in tandem with the breath. Yeah. 
We can talk a little bit more about that later, but yeah, they work together. And the reason for that is because right, they are there to move prana in certain directions or to prevent prana from leaking out in certain directions. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and the breath, of course, is directly take the taking in of prana. Yeah, it's right. like the vehicle, the transportation for prana. Yeah. So the, yeah, the bandhas are kind of like the pistons that if your breath is the fuel, then the oh. bandhas are the pistons that are moving the fuel around. Yeah, yeah, that's say. nice. I mean, very often they are also called locks. Yeah, seals or locks. Which now that I think about it, I mean, okay, this is the problem with translations. We're trying to find a word for something that sometimes has many different meanings, especially in the Sanskrit language. Many times words depend on the context that they are um, put next to. But I don't know, it's like locks sounds a little bit rigid to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And this is such an alive movement thing. But of course, like you said one of the purposes of the bandas is to contain. So yeah. then the word lock would make sense, but it's not like you do one thing and then it's over, the banda yeah. is there. I know, I feel like lock is too much in a static system, yeah. whereas you want energy moving and flowing, you don't want it to be static. And also lock gives you, just because of the word lock, how we use it, um, then, of course, it gives you the idea of something hard and sort of heavy. Yeah. When actually you kind of want the opposite in cultivating bandas. So, yeah, that's interesting. I just thought about that. I don't know. Well, maybe we need to start a new trend. Which word could we use? <laughs> I, I don't know. I always think of them as like pumps. Seals, yeah, a seal. I mean, a seal. I don't know. It's like a directive. It almost feels like it should be a like a sluice. What is a sluice? A slouse. Oh, a slouse. Yeah, yeah. Um, that. Uh, yeah, that's actually that's a really good one because you're flowing in that direction and you're containing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you were mentioning the pump indeed. I, th I think together the breath and the bandas really have like this kind of pump. Um, it's dynamic, even though it's very subtle. Yeah. It's also very dynamic and very, yeah, very mm -hmm. much there if you pay attention to it. Yeah. I think that really, um, when I've heard, I can't remember who I heard say it. I think it's actually Richard Freeman who <clears throat> talks about that the bandhas are really um, objects of meditation. Um, and I, I definitely understand that a lot because we use we use, of course, we use physical muscular contractions to try to stimulate bandhas these energetic centers but um 
Yeah, they're so subtle and deep. I feel like the only way to really feel them is if you are in a very meditative state. Well, just like feeling the the energetic body. You know, if you focus on the forms of postures and how energy is moving, that's definitely a different level of practicing than um, where I think a lot of times we are more focused on the gross physical aspect of practice to zoom into the more subtle parts of practice uh, takes a great amount of um yeah experience but also concentration and meditative focus yeah yeah i agree because there's something so light and subtle that you kind of really need to train your attention to go there in the first place yeah yeah it's funny because um I mean, there are many times during the day that we do banda automatically, right? That we draw the navel back or the pelvic floor rises when we do certain things. Like, I don't know, if you go, if I get into really, really cold or hot water, I know I go into banda right away without thinking about it. Yeah. And I'm sure there's many other little daily situations where you kind of turn on these centers well, every time you exhale, your pelvic floor rises. Exactly. So what I'm trying to say is that in a sense, we talk about this a lot and we talk, you know, as, uh, when we have new students, we spend a lot of time, you know, uh, establishing the ground for this. But actually, it's kind of like all you need to do is bring your awareness to something that is always there. Yeah. You don't need to do anything or look for anything. No. But if you don't do maybe a little bit more physical or if you don't bring this attention, then you'll never get to know them. <laughs> yeah. Even though they're always there. It's, so it's not something that, you know, you practice a lot and you'll get. It's always there. Yeah. You might have a better or worse relationship to it. And you may be working in a more or less efficient way with them, but they are there. It's, fu it's funny. <coughs> now that you're saying this, I think that's interesting that you, the way that you just worded it, because actually the entire practice of yoga itself is uncovering what is already there. Right? Yeah. Like literally so the purpose is to, <laughs> to see ourselves clearly like the opening, the second line of the opening chant yeah. is so that I might see myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My true self. Yeah. Then it's all a process of uncovering. So guys, don't worry. Don't do anything. You're already there. <laughs> You're already there. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> well, you Nobody's just have to clean all the crap that you come out. In. all live. Yeah. But isn't it interesting? And I think... Is one of these things that is, if you, if it's like you're doom if you do, doom if you don't. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, they're there, but you gotta look for them. There's something super cute that I've heard. Um, I help me. What is that very lovely teacher? I never met him in person. Uh, based in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Um, oh, Greg Nardi. Greg Nardi. Mm -hmm. I heard years ago, I think it's a podcast with Peg, that he said, you know, the, especially Udiana Banda, well, actually, I think he was talking about both bandas, but he said, you know, 
Bandas are like this cave of wonders that you have to be willing to go and explore. And I thought that was such a beautiful way of describing it because it's true. It's like, fine, if you do something, it will help you get in touch with them, but it's not about doing them. Yeah. It's about noticing them and getting attuned with them. Yeah, the natural the natural inclination of your body to already be in a state of now let's say banda of moving bandas in certain directions in certain parts of your breathing i think too actually yeah that's really good is is basically that's what we're trying to do right we're trying to come into like the most balanced efficient alignment of the inner body and the outer body yeah and so then it makes sense. It's just that we are so disconnected from it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the cave of wonders. I, <laughs> I really love that. So <laughs> that's really cool. Well, maybe we should discuss a little bit about the specific bandhas that we're yeah. generally talking about. Um, yeah. And yeah. we'll talk about three. I, I, there are, of course, multiple bandhas. Any, I was going to say, I think you a, can take everything into a bandha, yeah. right? I think you could even, like a, a mudra, which is a, a hand yeah. gesture, a seal, is also a, a form of a bandha. I think just bringing your awareness to a part of the body and intentionally, you know, moving that energy somewhere then that kind of makes it a libanda right like yeah. when you leave the arches of the feet yeah. or these kind of things but i think and uh also because it has to do with or then it pairs really nicely with this idea of stira sukha yeah the balance between grounding and and let's say lifting or grounding and ease um because it's these couple with obviously the two base bandhas, right? Yeah. The, the lowest bandha in the pelvic floor, mula bandha, and uh, the one in the pelvis, the let's say mid. Uh, I'm trying to think of the non Latin name for that part of the pelvis. Above the pubic bone? <laughs> the bowl of the pelvis, yeah, above the pubic bone, a little higher, yeah. Yeah, between the pubic bone and the navel-ish. Yeah. Yeah. So the the base one is, uh, oh, we already say, it's Mulabanda, the root lock. Yeah. The one in the low belly is uh, Udhyana Banda, and the word Ud means upwards. Yeah. And then the third Banda. Jalandara Banda. What does Jalandara mean? Jala is the... Is the throat, chin? I think. Okay. Isn't it the chin or throat is the okay. Jalanda. I can't exactly remember. How okay. To look up the Sanskrit. Yeah. I know it's always translated as chin luck. So I think it might have to do with, because, uh, well, no, like Janu is a knee, but Jalan might be chin. Okay. I'm not sure. And that's the one at the throat where you stop the energy from rising upwards. I Into mean, beyond, yeah, beyond, beyond, beyond. Well, yeah, control. It's basically... I, I think you're controlling con the, the containing, amount of... Yeah. Containing. And I think controlling the amount of energy that's yeah. going into the head uh, as opposed to it all going to your head, let's say. 
Because you do want energy to rise to yeah, the sixth your crown. and seventh uh, chakras. But. but like you said, it's a little bit like the slouch, like directing yeah. and managing the flow as yeah. opposed to just open the gates and having yeah. a flood there. Yeah. That's or closing them off and having something stagnate. Yeah. 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 Swampy waters. Yeah. Swampy <laughs> Speaking of swampy waters, let's go. Let's go to Bumudabanda. <laughs> oh my god. I hope you're still with us, you guys. <laughs> we can just go into crazy places. Uh all right, so let's talk a little bit about where it is, first of all. Yes. It's in your secret place. It's in your secret place. It's in your very private place. Nobody else needs to touch. <laughs> yeah, so it's in your, yeah, residing in your pelvic floor, just in front of the tip of the tailbone. Right, this is where uh, Muladhara Chakra lives as well, the root chakra. Um, yeah, so it's really in the base of the, the very base of the spine, you would say, yeah. just in front of the tailbone. Um, it's funny because at this at this spot, you have uh, a little, what's called a ganglion. A ganglion is a place outside of the central nervous system where the cell bodies of nerves are. And uh, on the outside of your central nervous system, part of your peripheral nervous system is this uh, thing called the, um, oh, what is the English name for it? Now I have to think of the English name. The, oh my God, I can't remember in English. So well, the Latin name? It's called the Genstreng in Dutch. Uh, the, it's the, the, the ganglia of the sympathetic nervous system. Mm-hmm. So there is basically a chain. I think it's called the sympathetic chain, actually, in English. Okay, that makes sense. That is laying uh, alongside of the uh, front side of the vertebra, inside the body, so inside the chest and the abdominal cavity, but also traveling up along the neck and into the uh, pelvis. And there's one... Uh, they're paired. So you have one on the left and you have one on the right. They're all paired. Good. So in English, I think this is called the paravertebral uh, sympathetic chain. But in Dutch, it's the paravertebrale genstring. I don't know what it is in, <laughs> in English. Anyways, so at the bottom, you have one that is unpaired. And this is called ganglion impar. It is the unpaired sympathetic mm. ganglion, the very tip of the coccyx. And it's often called the, um, uh, like the euphoric ganglion, I think in English, or, um, the, yeah, like the center of, it's a, apparently if it's like a power center. Apparently, if it's stimulated, it uh, brings about great pleasure. Well, I can't imagine well, it does. <laughs> well, but I mean, if you think physiologically, I, I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you stimulate anything there. <laughs> but it's funny. It's often, I think, uh, it's funny that that 
is the basically the place where yeah Mula Banda of resides course. this energetic center and also Muladhara chakra and it happens to coincide with this one ganglion that is yeah. unpaired part of the sympathetic nervous system that is also called I'm pretty sure the euphoric ganglion that's, I'll look it up real quick while that's you amazing. discuss something else <laughs> well it's it's so interesting to see how everything relates to everything right nothing stands alone whether you see it from a yogic perspective or, you know, anatomical perspective or energetically, it makes sense. So, okay. So we know it's there. It's euphoric. It's a power center. It's, it has this rooting, strong quality. It's directly related to the exhale. Yes. Um, <clears throat> it is the, um, it is the center that basically is the, let's say, control mechanism, the sluice for, I think that's how you pronounce that in English, by the way, sluice, I think. I, I don't know. Um, dike. In, dike. Oh, that's, but that's Spanish. a dike. A dike is different than a sluice. Oh, a then slouch. I don't know. A and a dike. Um, anyways, the English word comes from the Dutch sluice. Okay. And I think they pronounce it sluice. Any, somebody help us here. <laughs> anyway, so this this sluice, if this is the name that we've decided to go with, is the one that controls the flow of apana. Yeah, the downward moving energy. Yeah. And I always like to tell people, it's kind of like the one that helps prevent things from leaking out of us. Like, it prevents energy from leaking out of the body. Or farts. Or farts from leaking out of the body. <laughs> it's often referred to as the anti-fart bonda. Very useful technique when you're starting to, you know, date with someone. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, what right when uh, Dina Kinsberg what, told that story, and she was like, "It's like when you go on a date, and uh, you know." You can't pass wind. <laughs> She's like, that is the, that's the, what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. That's hilarious. She's like, that seems like a universal thing that everybody understands. Exactly. Come on. Everybody has been in this uncomfortable situation. <laughs> uh, right. <gasps> so, uh, which other ways, um, could we access this banda if we don't really have a, a relationship with it yet? Yeah, so we use these the physical, certain physical actions to get in touch, right? And usually we say, yeah, anti-fart uh, <laughs> feeling or preventing that from happening. People also um, say if you're urinating, right, to stop the stream of urine, uh, that would be the same kind of contraction, though, of course, that's a little bit in a different uh, mm. area and a more superficial muscle that does that. But anyways, um, uh, we often generally say lift the pelvic floor. Yeah. Because the whole net of the pelvis, of course, the, the pelvic floor is made of three layers, basically, of um, muscle and connective tissue. And really the deepest, kind of strongest layer is the levator ani muscles that run like a net from the pubic bone to the tailbone and part of the sacrum. And 
uh, in this middle line, there's a big, strong kind of central tendon in the middle line as well, uh, located at the area of the perineum. So if you think of lifting this area up. It's kind and, of like a hammock yeah. that wants to yeah. rise up. Yeah, yeah. So if you contract the pelvic floor muscles. Yeah, 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 kind of like between the pubic bone, the tailbone, and sometimes also using the sitting bones as a landmark can be. Yeah. I mean, it depends. Different people will get in tune with different things. Yeah. Um, there's no one way to go about it. You just kind of want to get intimate with that area and really yeah. pay attention to the subtle workings of that area. Yeah. If you really closely pay attention if you're able to f feel well it, maybe this isn't necessarily a practice for beginners but if you're used to feeling your body and you're used to paying close attention to your breath for instance if you if you follow your exhale to the bottom you'll naturally feel yeah. your pelvic floor rise up yeah absolutely it is in that uh I think it's just that it's so subtle and we're so used to want to feel everything so strongly, right? Yeah. Like no pain, no gain kind of yeah. attitude. Well, that's really of no use here. No. Actually can be very, very counterproductive yeah. if you go with that attitude with no pain, no gain. Because this is like a very supple, juicy, fluid kind of elevation this is not a hard rigid contraction no and also a lot of other problems pelvic floor exactly hard, you can end up with uh, there is a, a lot of issues, issues. Yeah, yeah yeah that are not fun at all no um i think a good way to become aware of them is when you really have no connection with them yeah you know kind of like when you're like this heavy 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 block of cement yeah <laughs> especially for us ladies when we are you know around our cycle days then you mm -hmm. can really notice how it's a lot harder to get in touch with them yeah um and then you know oh okay i guess i do have some banda awareness in my daily practice because right now i'm i'm really struggling to yeah to connect to that center yeah yeah that's a good one I think especially that feeling of, yeah, no, exactly. I have nothing to add. Exactly what you said. <laughs> Another thing that I, I think I would like to add is, okay, they're always there, but your emphasis towards them will change depending on what you're doing. Yeah. Right. So for example, I don't know, if you're standing in Samastiti, you might have this, let's call it light awareness. And then if you're going into handstand, you may have to, you know, put a little bit more emphasis yeah. or like really be aware of where you're drawing the energy from or where you're moving your body from. Yeah. So depending on the load, depending on the intensity of what you're doing, also yeah. your attention, the intensity of the attention will be different. Yeah. And of course, uh, we have postures that are more aponic, mm -hmm. ones that are more grounding that yeah. just generally naturally give us more um, connection to mula banda. Yeah, absolutely. By, by nature. Yeah. yeah. 
Cool. So Mula Banda, anything else that we'd like to add on this Banda? I'm still looking for it. No, I'm kidding. The Mula Banda is the one Banda that I feel, oh, not the one Banda. Uh, there are days when I really feel connected to Mula Banda. I feel like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like that's a Banda that I, is less elusive to me than Uriana Banda. Even though, like, I know when I feel Uriana Banda, it's very obvious. But, like, the energetic, the energetics of Uriana for me are more elusive than the physical aspect of stimulating Uriana. And the energetic aspect of Mula Banda, as well as the physical, is, I feel more, much more connected to. Mm. Well, but you're a very grounded person, so. <laughs> I'm not surprised that you're saying that. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Yeah, I I don't know. I have my days that I'm like, oh, I I really feel I really feel like I'm moving from that place. And other days that it's like, where are they? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that, definitely, I have that a lot. So it's yeah. <laughs> Banda. I'm like Banda. Whatever. <laughs> Banda. It comes and goes, and yeah, just like Greg said, you know, you gotta go into that cave and explore. Yeah. And you may get a little lost or you may take a nap in there or <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Well, there might be bats flying around. <laughs> okay. So okay. then we move up to Udiana Banda. The, yeah, very often it's called the low belly lock, I guess. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. The, pe the pelvic floor lock, the, and the lower belly or lock. the abdominal yeah. lock okay yeah yeah but i i don't know i think if you say abdomen it's a bit tricky because the abdomen is pretty large <laughs> yeah <laughs> especially if you have a large abdomen <laughs> yeah so i think low belly at least goes a little bit uh, further down yeah Where okay did, what, what does it translate to flying upward flying upward yeah yeah With diana yeah, so Udiana. And Udiana is really related to energetically to prana, vayu, right? Uh, so the upward. So the upward, outward moving energy. Yeah. And also very much related to the inhale. Which, if you're doing, let's call it thoracic diaphragmatic breathing, so you're not breathing into the belly, then you naturally feel when you take a deep breath in. A, a rising of the yeah. lower belly. Yeah, it kind of needs to go there if if you're intentionally sending the breath up. Yeah, I mean, if you think of it, when you're when you're breathing in, your rib cage is expanding, your diaphragm is actually dropping, relatively dropping a little bit as opposed to heightening, but um, it does make more space to. Um, for the for lungs the, to expand. For the liver to spread and the yeah. and the the stomach to move, let's say to the side, so that there can be a natural like drawing up of the yeah. lower belly. Yeah. Um and of course we have uh Udiana Kriya, which is when you draw the the belly and the organs sort of into a vacuum seal. When you're not being yeah, with that, with the absence of breath. Yeah. So at the end of your exhale, you the 
make a little <laughs> vacuum seal and suction your belly up. We talked about this. We crazy. I we both used the, to do the same thing when we were little. I, all the time. All the time. And I even could do a nowly a little bit. Yeah. And I was always walking around. I'm glad that I didn't have a collapsed lung or something. Oh my God. I remember, like, not only what I do, I would do and the nobody showed me these. and the, like, <laughs> the, like, making my platysmy, the, 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 the superficial, um, the throat, throat, uh, tendons, veins, tendon, yeah, whatever. Uh, muscles. Yeah. Spread out, like, <laughs> <laughs> I would do those at the same time and make myself into a weird creature. Yeah. So that isn't a weird. <laughs> no one, no one showed me this. I used to also do Dvipara and walk around the yeah. house like that. Dvipara, <laughs> you would walk around. Yeah. Yeah. Like on this. your hands. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not like, you know, in it, but with my butt and. Yeah. Even, I think my mom, I need to ask her. She's got pictures of yeah. a Christmas dinner when I'm like doing three pata. <laughs> but I'm like 12 or something. Yeah. No, I know the leg behind the legs behind the head. That was a very common thing in my household as well. Insane. Well, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> it's just somewhere there in the karmic DNA. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, if you didn't do this as a child, <laughs> you can <laughs> you can give it a go. There's many videos online. Uh, indeed, it's yeah. it's when we draw uh, the whole yeah viscera right up, yeah. and we kind of vacuum seal it. So you don't want to do that during practice. We repeat, this is a separate practice. Yeah, but it serves as a little nice example because then yeah. you wanna sort of do the mini, 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 mini version of that. Because you can get that same feeling when you're in inverted postures. Down dog down is dog. the posture yeah. to go for this. Those first down dogs, I really, especially lately, I don't know, I've, you know, I've been having a lot of intestinal issues lately and it's now starting to get much better. So yeah. finally now when I go into down dog, I'm like, oh, it feels there good. you are. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, if you have a lot of intestine, yeah, like... Stuff in your belly. I'm sure it doesn't feel no. good. That's actually the one when it, when I'm on my lady holidays when yeah. I'm menstruating. I don't feel Udiana. no. It's like I don't want to do that at all. Yeah, it's almost like you go the opposite direction. Yeah. Absolutely, but that's just natural. I mean, yeah. everything is very yeah soft and, and juicy. Full of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> liquids. <laughs> um. So I think I think. A, a nice way to get in touch with this is to really, really focus on down dog and, and actually also like standing falls, you yeah. know, that's a great opportunity to kind of explore again, the empty cave. It's really an empty cave. Yeah. Udina Banda is really an empty cave. Yeah. So it's kind of like your belly disappears into the empty into the emptiness of your yeah. pelvis into yeah. if you think of a bowl like yeah. an empty bowl that's why it also helps to with mula and uriana banda right i know we can't always practice in the morning but to practice on an empty stomach and you've used the bathroom right that really helps oh yeah it's a, it's a game changer if there's poop in your rectum and <laughs> in your sigmoid colon I know for, for from experience. Yeah, no, it's, it's not, not useful. It's not useful for the. Well, 
I will say this. If you are stimulating... Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I think we're slightly oversharing. Um, but if you're stimulating the center through focusing in Diana, it definitely helps to get things moving. Oh, yeah. I find that it has the opposite uh, effect for me, that it ends up stopping things. No, no, with me. <laughs> with me, it does. No, yeah, good, great. Um, so, yeah, uh, downward dog, focus on drawing the viscera up. Uh, another nice landmark can be thinking of the hip points mm -hmm. to move towards each other. Yeah. That sometimes can kind of wake up. Yeah. Or to think of uh, putting up a zipper. From oh, pants, yeah. yeah, so that you're, yeah, kind of like moving those two points towards each other. Again, it's, yeah, it's just so hard to transmit this. Yeah. Especially with Udiana, I think it's kind of dangerous because there's an epidemic out there of really hard bellies. Yeah. People contract their belly too much yeah. and it brings all kinds of problems. Yeah to the lower back and lots of other things and also doesn't feel good. Yeah. Um, so that's an issue because we talk about the low belly, bring it in, bring it in, bring it in. And then you know how it goes. No pain, no gain. And then people are like, Aah! yeah. I mean, I don't know if you do this, but very often in class, I put my oh, finger oh, in people's belly. I'm constantly putting my fingers and in And either I put it in because I see, you know, the Ganesha belly, I'm like, hey, put this thing inside. But other times I just put it in there just to soften it. I'm oh, like, yeah. my, my yeah. finger should disappear into your belly. <laughs> it shouldn't get stuck at the yeah. surface. So it's like, just make it go in. Yeah. But in a soft, in a soft way, I think in a soft, juicy to... way. It's very difficult. Also, because I think soft, juicy, your word of the day is juicy, <laughs> juicy. Um, I think also, you know, as ladies, you know, we're so used to draw the belly in and, you know, walk yeah. straight and whatever, that we can really develop a lot of tension in that area. Yeah. But it's also uh, good to be able to relax that part of your body. Yeah. Or the opposite happens. People are in too much relaxation mode. Yeah. And they don't understand to draw the belly back. Yeah. I think, you know... <clears throat> And I've heard this before. I can't remember who I heard say it. I think it was David Griggs, and maybe it was a discussion that David and uh, Peg were having. Mm. Or maybe it was something um, he was saying on his own, but uh, it was a discussion about breath and banda. Yeah. And that you can't have one without the other. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't remember what his reasoning was or what his idea was. It's kind of like this whole chicken and the egg thing, what came first. But... Uh, um, anyways, this idea that there can be no bandhas without breath. I think actually his was the other way around. Without bandhas, there can't be breath. But And when he, do you remember when he was talking about breath, if he meant in the context of practice, like yeah. ujjayi breath while practicing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I would say without breath, there can't be bandha. If you think of it, if you think of it it's part of the the energetic cycle, these sluices that are in the body directing energy. Well, without breath, there's no prana to direct. So I feel like, I mean, of course, there's prana within the body. You're alive. There is vital. Hopefully you are vital. You are alive. So there is some prana, but the idea of bringing prana into the body 
and making shapes with your body to direct. I feel like mm. with if you're not breathing, then you're not absolutely going I, to be able to connect to bodies totally any, anyways. And, and I, I think especially like the let's say mm. the technique of how we breathe when we practice, which we talked about a bit before last time in the last uh, podcast. Uh, this idea of diaphragmatic breathing, mm -hmm. right? Thora let's call it thoracic diaphragmatic mm -hmm. breathing, not breathing into the belly. If mm -hmm. if you learn how to breathe like this, which is a challenge for everybody, because a lot of people have restrictions in their chest or in their back and uh, in the rib cage, any anywhere in the rib cage or around the collarbones. I mean, any kind of restriction in lung tissue um, in uh your heart in your diaphragm itself in your liver in your stomach the, all the stuff that's connected to your diaphragm if there's stuff pulling on the movement or preventing the movement of your diaphragm it's going to be more difficult to breathe and if you're trying to breathe in a new pattern learning this thoracic breathing then it, i feel like the bandhas are going to be more difficult to find yeah. but the moment that you can find this type of breathing right of the movement of the whole rib cage in rhythm that the bandhas are really natural then that yeah just like we said before with mula bandha naturally at the bottom of your exhalation your pelvic floor rises well, if you're doing using diaphragmatic breath the natural movement of breath in actually gives almost like a natural vacuum in your belly. Yeah, because everything moves yeah. sideways and inwards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it makes total sense that like these two pieces of the puzzle that they cannot be separate. When you practice yeah. a real good quality breath, let's say, yeah. right? Uh, everything that is around like normal breath or belly breath, then that's not the case. Or even an Ujjayi breath that is a little bit poor in quality, I don't think it will get you there. But if you're really connected to this working of the breath, yeah. because in the last episode, we were also talking about how the importance of creating that sort of drawing in yeah. kind of like mini vacuum. And that comes from the bandhas. Yeah. It's like you're pulling the prana, the breath into your body and outwards. So yeah. That energy, that force, let's call it, it has to come from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of postures or physical actions can stimulate this center? Yeah, but I think David Kyle is a big uh, proponent of the psoas as the muscle of Uddiyana Bandha. Right, just like we talk about the pelvic floor muscles specifically generally the, the levator ani muscles which are three different muscles anyways uh that they are what we use to stimulate mulabanda we often think of control of the psoas the iliopsoas that's what david kyle says is the the muscular equivalent let's say of like if we have to pinpoint it in a muscle then Yeah. Your best bed would be so as. as okay, so as and transverse abdominals. Yeah, I was just about to say that also makes sense, right? Because yeah. you're kind of wrapping, drawing in, and, yeah, wrapping your cylinder. Yeah, yeah, Creating back and wrapping. Yeah, that makes support. Yeah, again, the problem is with these landmarks that then people tend to go Tighten, too much into yeah. tight contraction. Yeah, 
And Which I feel like if you if you find your pelvic floor, then the lower belly goes automatically with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like you can, one happens without the other one. No. No. Well, one is inhale, one is exhale, so yeah. they don't. Yeah. But I think it's important that we spend time and energy and attention you know, getting to know these areas because yeah. they will make an impact in, in one's practice. Not like, Oh yeah, dude, you can float like crazy. Also it will help you with that. But I don't know, maybe in my yeah. next lifetime, but I will actually dare to say that they can help you make your practice more efficient. Uh, energy and efficient. I would say, yeah, I would, I would say, say energy I mean. efficient, energy efficient. Yeah. And what I mean is like less muscular effort. Yeah. And more inner body movement yeah. or inner body strength, yeah. if we can call it. But the strength again sounds a bit. No, but yeah, it's an inner strength, inner power. Let's call it. Yeah, yeah. No, I think when you tap into that, then uh, otherwise practice can, I think, be very draining. And again, a lot of times you see people getting kind of burnout or super tired from the yeah. practice, and it's because. Almost They're working from a more yeah. external place. Yeah. So then it makes sense that it's part of the Tristana, the 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 bandhas, because yeah. it's all moving you into the deep core of the body. Yeah. I think it's interesting also to see practitioners sometimes when they move from this internal center and when they move more from their limbs. Yeah. This is something that you can see quite clearly in transitions, right? Like from, I don't know. Yeah. From chaturanga to up dog or stepping back. Sometimes it's like limbs moving yeah. around as opposed to the center driving yeah. you through that movement. Yeah. I so, think you can also tell in the softness of. Yeah. Of the quality of the yeah, movement. The quality yeah. Of the movement yeah. And the breath as well. Yeah. I think it's a really nice little interesting point of focus for everybody. Yeah. There's so much to learn there. It's funny because uh, having danced Graham technique from Martha Graham, this is all about Udiana Banda. Yeah, she's super Udiana Banda. Oh Everything goes around there. Yeah, and and Mula as well, right? Yeah. With the yeah, pelvic floor. with the scooping. Yeah, yeah, it's quite interesting. It's also amazing to see right Graham dancers are very strong, and uh, even when I, when I was. Uh, um, I had a ballet teacher who would always say, move from your pelvis anytime with any kind of turning and jumps. Was this a Graham teacher? No. Or, wow. No. That's impressive. This is. No, this was a classical uh, ballet teacher. Wow. I can't that's... remember where. I think this was at the Washington Ballet. Uh... That's an amazing piece of advice. Yeah. My ballet teacher was just hitting me with a stick. Well, I mean, there was, I had those too. But now I remember this uh, one teacher. Um, and I can't remember. I think it was a man. I can't remember his name. That is such such a valuable piece of information. I wish back in the day, but I don't know, at least the ballet teachers I encounter, which, you know, I had a very happy time. But um, they wouldn't give this kind of cues. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, I remember my main ballet uh, teacher <laughs> she didn't like me very much <laughs> she didn't give me any kind of help just like 
Zana, your legs should be here. I'm like, okay, but I can't get exactly. It up there. No, but it's true. Like no biomechanics, nothing. It would be like higher, faster, more, or I hit you with the stick. Exactly. It's <laughs> like help me. That's like I nice that you want my leg there, but I can't get it there yet. So. Funny. Oh my god. No, um, but this teacher was great. Yeah. Anyways, uh, he, yeah, it was all about uh, pelvic floor. Yeah. Another thing that I will say about the bandas. I don't know how it is for you. It's almost like like any relationship. <laughs> it evolves with time. Yes. And like there's new faces of it. Yeah, definitely. Right? Like <laughs> a few years back it was, you know, I would feel one thing. Now in a, at a different stage and, you know, it, it's kind of like it, yeah, I guess it just evolves. And yeah. every few years there's like a new layer of, Banda awareness that yeah. Uh, unfolds. Yeah, I think sh- things shift and change, and your feeling and relationship to things shift and change. Your body shifts and changes. So, mm. I think another nice little tidbit to focus on during practice to to move into these areas are to think about the plumb line. Yeah. I talk about that quite a bit in class. I think that can be quite useful. Even if you don't feel anything, just to become aware of, you know, the center line from the base of your pelvis through the crown and kind of try to sense that. Everything's lining up. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that was Udiana. On to the last banda of today, Jalandara. This one we use a little bit less. Yeah, I'd say I guess we use kind of... During asana practice. Yeah. But there's still a mini version there. Yeah, I think in the in ujjayi breathing, but I think also in head positioning. Because I think it's very much uh, in the position of samastitihi, this whole idea of finding your center line. And Absolutely. Definitely is moving the chin back. And I always think of like... Uh, as if the corners of the jaw are smiling up towards the ears. Yeah. There is this lengthening of the back of the skull upwards. Yes. Which is a head position that a lot of people don't have, right? Or that we've lost because we sit behind a computer at a desk and let our head drop forward. So I think... Or the chin too high up. Yeah. I think Jalandara Banda is actually... We do... We should use it more yeah. than we do, but not in the extreme version of like chin locking you see in some old pictures where the chin is like, yeah, I remember in Iyengar class, we would have like the paper towel rolls. Yeah. Yeah. To teach you for this. Up, yeah. uh, the rolled up washcloth that yeah. you'd have to hold under your chin. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you, you do practice this Vanda quite a bit when you do certain pranayama practices, yeah. especially with breath retention. Yeah. Then you drop your chin to your chest and you literally close yeah. that gap. Yeah. And in practice, just like you said, at least it should be like the chin slightly, like yeah. ever so slightly coming down and the back of the skull yeah. lengthening in alignment with the rest of the spine. And there are postures like in uh, Padmasana at the end when we're closing, we use more Jalandara Bandha and when we're sitting in Dambasana, right? There's more Jalandara Bandha, the chin and the chest rise. Yeah. Uh, well, and of yeah, course, shoulders little... stand. Of course, and even yeah. down dog has a bit more yeah. 
looking towards the navel yeah. automatically draws the chin lock in. And I think in general, you're never, well, yeah, when you look up, but you kind of want to have that sense of, yeah, the chin being. Yeah, you're never jutting the chin yeah, out. Exactly, yeah. not pointing it out. Yeah, that puts horrible stress on your neck. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I think when we are making sound in Ujjayi, that is a, another version of you have to. You have to. It it is controlling the. You can't. You can't really do good quality. Try to do Ujjayi breath with your chin up. Yeah. Horrible, <laughs> or with the head totally down. Yeah. No, no, it's yeah. Again, and it's coming to this natural. Yeah. Plumb line alignment. It also opens the. It lifts the base of the skull, and that automatically brings your digestive organs in alignment because they are attached directly to the base of your skull. So, and this bandha is really the the one that kind of is the container for making sure not too much goes to your head. So that you don't go cuckoo. That you don't go cuckoo. <laughs> the ego doesn't go crazy. Um, right into contain it in the, in the body, in the heart center. Yeah. It's kind of like keeping everything flowing within the container of your torso. Let's say we need a physical landmark. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a bond that we use less often. Right in the classical, like the Iyengar versions of the Janu Shushasanas. Yeah. There's always a lot of Jalandara Banda. Yeah. And well, uh, if you see pictures of Krishna Macharya, yeah. he also, uh, yeah. A lot of. I think this is also an area that people um, overdo, that maybe they're unintentionally doing Jalandarabandha too hard. I mean, we talked about when we talked about breath, right? The quality of how you control and can, let's say contract softly your throat to control your breath flow. But I think this is also an area that a lot of people have a lot of tension in around the jaw, mm. the, um, and the bottom of the mouth, um, and the roof of the mouth towards the ear canals. I think a lot of people have, um, a great amount of tension in this area. And it, um, if you overdo Jalandarabandha, it can really pull on um, the the back of the skull <laughs> and uh, create some some issues there. I was going to say some horrible tension. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have a bump on the back of my ear. <laughs> um, yeah, but it can really pull, like pull on pull on stuff back there and cause some like tensional headache stuff. It's so annoying because you need a lot of effort to get <laughs> in tune with this, yeah. but less is more. Yeah. Don't overdo it because like you said, a lot of problems can arise from overdoing it. And also you'll be disappointed because it won't feel good. No. Yeah. It's one of these things that you kind of, yeah, just have to keep exploring and, and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. But I think I think less is more when we're thinking about physical action. Yeah. That's always the case. Yeah, that is always the case. Which I think in the beginning when you're learning new stuff, you are in the over-efforting, external over-efforting stage. 
Well, but you, this, that's why but, I said in the beginning, you need this. Yeah. But if you're already a little bit more mature and, you know, you're making this your intention for practice or your goal for the month to explore, then just keep reminding yourself less is more. To go spelunking in the caves of yeah. the Bundas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. All right. I have to take my new, beautiful, one-eyed Greek cat to the vet. Yay! So, before we say goodbye, anything you would like to add? Um, no, I think uh, we mentioned at the end or somewhere in the last podcast that uh, Laurent will, your friend, um, will be coming. Yes. Uh, in September, November, and December to lead a pranayama uh, teacher training. So it's three weekends. And um, yeah, learn more about the breath, breath breathing techniques, whether you practice yoga or not. Um, but definitely check that out. Yeah, please do. It's a really nice, rich uh, training. And yeah. also Lorraine is a lot of fun and yeah. a great teacher. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. We wish you lots of luck and success with your Banda investigation. <laughs> Let us yeah. know how it goes. As always, we're here for you. So please do reach out. And we look forward to record the next one for you soon. Yeah. If you have any questions or suggestions, you can always send us an email at info at the All right. Until Take care. next time. Take care of yourselves. Until next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>